Welcome, beautiful souls. You are tuned in to Love Human, Be Spirit. With us, I'm Amy, a 3-5 emotional manifester, right angle, cross of Eden. And I'm Monique, a 1-4 splenic projector, right angle cross of the vessel of love. And we'd love to invite you to join us while we talk all things human and spirit through the lens of human design. We'd like to offer you inspiration, information, and lived experiences while we're on this human ride together. So buckle up or don't, your choice. We're here to celebrate your uniqueness and our own and offer a perspective that allows us to lean into what makes us special, what makes us human. So let's do it. Get ready to laugh, cry, and everything in between. And we plan to have a lot of fun along the way. In this episode, we are excited to share the lived experiences of our friend and fellow human design nerd, Liz. She's a 1-4 emotional generator and shares her journey into her design experiment with such openness and vulnerability. If you or someone you love is an emotional generator, you're not going to want to miss this one. There is truly something for everyone in this gem of an episode, so let's dig in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Love, Human, Be Spirit. We are so excited. We have another beautiful guest this week, and we have been waiting to get this recorded. We have for you guys today our first ever emotional generator. So we're bringing the other generator energy into it. We've had a sacral generator, and now we're bringing the emotional element to it. And it's interesting because our guest today, her name is Liz, we are excited to share some of the synchronicities we have within our designs together, both myself and how we uh, connect some things together, and then as well as with Monique. So we are happy to have you here today, Liz. I'm so excited to be here and thank you so much for inviting me. You are so welcome. Liz is another beautiful human that we met at the human design retreat in Costa Rica. As you've heard on our episode with the Day Luna girls, they did, you know, such a great job of attracting amazing people. So we are excited to have you here with us so we can ask some questions about your lived experiences in human design and uh, how you've navigated the experiment for yourself. Monique, is there anything that you wanted to add to kick us off today? No, I'll just say hi, everyone. Welcome back. Um, we, yeah, we're, well, I'm just going to add on that we're super excited to have another perspective on here to talk to Liz and get some uh, lived experience stories, hopefully, about her being an emotional generator, a 1-4 emotional generator. So Liz and I have that in common. I'm a 1-4 splenic projector, so they're the same profile. Um, and yeah, uh, we just, we bonded with Liz on the retreat and we're excited to have her here. So thanks for coming. Thanks for saying yes. And we're excited to get into it with you. Not to mention all three of us are in Florida. I mean, we're not all in the same you know city, but we're all three in Florida. So we're all enjoying the sunshine, sunshine state, which is awesome. Yay. And we were talking before we started recording about how we're all going to get together for crying out loud. We're not that far apart. So we're going to make it happen, which is exciting. Okay, Liz, so we've said that you're an emotional an emotional generator. You're definitely not. <laughs> and that you have a beautiful one-four profile, which I love. 
Um, what I didn't say was that you had the abstract wave as a part of your emotional authority, which I can relate to. We have two different ones though. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but I love to start with just kind of, um, where your journey was. I'd love to hear what your life was like before human design came into it. And whatever you feel called to share will be beautiful. Usually like for me, a bunch of frustration, a bunch of anger, like, you know, recognizing that I was living out of alignment. So just curious if you can acknowledge and are aware of the differences of what your life was like before. Yeah, definitely. So I'll kind of go further back because there was a time when I was completely out of alignment in so many ways. And I would sort of overcorrect and then overdo it in another way. And then my spiritual journey started, I want to say probably about a year and a half before I found human design. So at that time, I was sort of naturally leaning into my strategy and authority without knowing what that was. And then when I found human design, it just was the most validating thing ever. And it explained to me why I was the way that I am. And it was probably the first time in my life that I felt the way that I am is perfect and I don't have to change anything. And it helped me trust myself so much more. So out of every tool I found on my spiritual path, which I really am someone who's gone super deep on that and has done a lot of healing and growing, I want to say human design by far was the thing that made all the difference and sort of fast-tracked my growth. Um, but before the spiritual journey started, I was all over the place. Like there was a few years where my emotions were just so out of control. I was like lashing out at people. I was unpredictable, erratic. Like my emotions were totally driving me. I was partying all the time, didn't really have a sense of direction. And then once I got sick of that, I overcorrected and was like, I'm smart. I'm going to go to law school. And then going down that more straight and narrow path, I kind of just shut myself up from my emotions altogether because it was inconvenient to have them. And I didn't like that having such intense emotions, I, it, I didn't like how it was making other people feel. So I thought like, let me just shut myself off from that. And that was problematic too. And I think learning about the fact that I have this huge wave and learning to accept it and to work with it that's definitely helped me find so much emotional balance and peace. God, that's such a, so many beautiful nuggets there. I love how you just shared so much of your truth and the trajectory of where you were. And when you recognized that, you know, even with the partying, which, you know, probably some numbing out of not just wanting to fully experience what you were, but I love how you said that it was, um, you acknowledged and recognized you were perfect just as you were. Mm -hmm. I just love that. And I hope the listeners can connect with that because it's so true. And that validation is so real and learning then, you know, to go to the other extreme. So you let yourself, you know, and we kind of do that when we're emotional, right? We have extremes with it and thinking that we can shut it off long-term is not realistic, you know? And, uh, so that was just all very beautiful. I um I really resonate 
resonated when you said also that what Amy pointed out that part where you're like it was the first time that I ever felt like perfect as I was when learning about it I just so like when you said it I felt it again for myself too because I, I felt that too when I when I learned it I felt that shit and um and what a feeling to be validated in these ways and like you and like you also I I think I was making um decisions with my authority too before I knew what it was also and I just I it's so interesting to me how we have different authorities and different um types but I resonate a lot to a lot of the words that you use specifically when it came to how um you know you were making decisions before even and then reading what you were was like oh my gosh like this is validating as fuck and uh and yeah I just and the even the the emotional uh being emotionally erratic you know as a non-emotional I I can relate when I was out of alignment, that's how I was showed up too, partying all the time and emotionally erratic as fuck <laughs> because I was taking in and amplifying, I guess, unknowingly and then acting. But it's just so crazy to me how like you could be different species of humans, but we can like see, you know, experience these very same similar feelings, you know? Yeah. I love yeah. how you shared that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I definitely relate to other types and other authorities too, even though that's not the predominant thing in my chart, but that's why it's also so important to look into everything in human design because there's so many layers and nuances that will make your specific type show up differently. So true. God, so incredibly true. Yeah. Feel like once you started learning about your emotional wave, um, because I have, like I said, in the beginning, I have the abstract too. mine is from the solar plexus to the throat where yours is the solar plexus to the root. Did, did that like a light bulb go off? Because for the listeners, that abstract wave has everything to do with expectations. <laughs> and so do, did you feel like, were you able to create awareness of where you were having expectations for how things you know, you might be thinking that they were um, meant to be unfolding and because they were outside of your control, then did you feel like that was a trigger for you? If you can just share a little bit about your own awareness around your wave, that would be great. Yeah. So at the time I had learned about my wave and the type of wave that I have, I had already done a lot of work, like a lot of therapy, a lot of healing. So at that time, I was sort of past the point where my emotions were just either completely shut off or running me versus mm. like helping me in a sense. Um, but yeah, looking back, there's been many times where I had expectations of how I thought my life should unfold. And when that didn't happen, oh my God, like the crash and I would feel it so hard. And then that would turn into like a pity party and like, what's wrong with me? Like, why is it happening for other people and all of that? And that's also another reason why human design is so beautiful because I've learned with my type as a generator, it's not up to me to dictate how my life should look or what should happen. It's my job just to listen to my body and give my body what it wants moment by moment. And when I do that, things unfold. And a lot of times, now I've learned the things that I want, if I'm in alignment, like they're going to come to me. I don't even have to do anything. God, so amazing. So beautiful. And, you know, I'm realizing, I remember talking about this with you, I think at the retreat, but you know, you have, 
Liz, wait, let me, let me back up. I have so many thoughts right now. My right arrows are like, blah. Um, okay. First, I just wanted to point out because Amy was, Amy's talking about these abstract waves that and Amy has an abstract wave. Liz has an abstract wave. They're different emotional waves. But I would just want to mention the numbers on these waves in case people are looking at their charts and trying to get information out of these stories that we're talking about. So for the record, everyone listening, Liz has the 4130, right, Liz? that connects her root to her solar, like Amy said. Um, and that's on the bottom of the graph. And Amy has the 3536 um, is the abstract wave that she has. Yes, she has another one, but we're talking about the abstract one. So, <laughs> so the 3536 is on the top of the, more towards the top of the chart, connects the throat to the solar. Um, just in case we're giving examples from these waves, I just wanted to give the listeners a way to follow that. And um, both of these abstract waves are considered in human design to be like the biggest highs and lows right am i right for you oh, in, yeah. in saying that like in terms of experiencing them yeah oh yeah yeah it can be really tumultuous and i just wish that i had that knowledge years ago because i definitely would just get overwhelmed by these like feelings i'd have like it could be like really intense anger really intense sadness like anxiety that I just couldn't shake. And I thought I was crazy. You know, I, I didn't have any idea like, no, this is actually how you're designed. And all it is, is like, it's a sign for you to come back to yourself. And, you know, there's a lot of creativity that comes from those highs and lows. But when you don't know what's going on, it's honestly really scary. And I think I stopped trusting myself because I was just like, I can't get a grip on myself and then also when I shut down my emotions that didn't feel good either and I, I felt like a robot honestly yep gosh I relate to so many words you're choosing to use Liz I got goosebumps when you said that again and um I just I want to go back to the a point I, I remember talking about this with you at the retreat a bit is that you have your spleen defined your sacral defined and your emotional center defined so it's like gosh you have like three centers kind of giving you information right I would call that, that the trifecta that, yeah I always have that feels and gate 57 is your main sun gate which is the splenic gate and the gate of intuitive clarity people out there so super sidekick like yeah. uh, do you re do you <laughs> resonate for that like with that have you always felt like that a little bit or Yes. Like even when I was little, um, I would just blurt things out and I would just know things that's happened so many times in my life. And like, I don't even know what I'm saying and it can be kind of harsh and you're like, Oh my God, why did I, why did I just say that? Like, I don't even think that, but it just comes out. Um, I'm also split definition. So there's just a lot of processing that goes on whenever I have new information coming in or if I have a big decision to make but sort of how I would say that plays out with me is my spleen is super lit up um it's not my authority but I do get a lot of hits from my spleen and then kind of a, a few days later a few weeks later something will come into my field for me to respond to but like for example when you guys asked me to be on the podcast like a few weeks ago, I just knew I was like, I know I'm going to be on a podcast. I need to talk about human design more. It just had that feeling. And then when you texted me and invited me to be on this, I could answer really quickly because I had a couple of weeks to sort of 
go through that in my mind, like, how would that feel to share myself in a different way than I have been and to be more open and vulnerable. So when the opportunity came, I could say yes really quickly. God, I love that. It's like you were allowing yourself to reconnect with that intuition. You used a couple of key words twice already about how you stopped trusting yourself, you know, with some of the ways that you were experiencing, whether it was partying or then going the opposite where you were, you know, not even allowing yourself to almost experience or express your emotions or feel them. And it's interesting because you have the same channel. I think Monique, you have it as well. The 5710 that connects the spleen to the G center. And that really is all about how important self-trust is the biggest element of self-love gate 10 as Monique can speak to, that's her main sun gate. You know, it's all about the self-love. And so it's like, when you acknowledge that you were perfect exactly as you are, and that validation came to you. Am I right? In my hearing, it allowed you to really honor that self-trust from that intuitive space, um, that love and direction connected to the, your intuition with the G and the spleen connecting that now you get to fully honor that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, because before I knew about human design, I was slowly getting better at trusting my intuition. Um, making decisions based on my happiness, which I didn't really know what, I didn't know what I was doing at the time until I learned about human design, it started to make sense. But there was just so much noise in my head because the decisions I wanted to make or the things I wanted to do didn't make sense. And also I used to be someone who really outsourced a lot of my decisions to other people because again, like with my tumultuous past that I've had with myself, I just really stopped trusting myself and I didn't trust that I could make good decisions. So I was just like always consulting with other people, always asking people what they thought. So it was a dissonance, right? Like I would sort of feel like this is what I want to do, but if I couldn't articulate it or find a way to make it make sense or find a way to wrap my mind about it. Like I just, it was really hard for me to still do those things that I knew I needed to do. And oftentimes I would still do it, but I think just the path to get there didn't feel good and it didn't feel fun because I was just battling with myself left and right. Um, but I think like as more decisions played out and I saw, no, like my life is finally going in a direction that I feel good about, not a direction that society told me it should go. It's been a lot easier to trust what my body tells me so much more. And I think that is like the biggest act of self-love is to be like, no, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And no matter what happens, like I have the tools to work my way through this and it's going to be fine. Oh my God. So in light of that, and I hope these listeners are hearing this because you just dropped some just amazing like lived experiences where while you have what I refer to as the trifecta, first and most foremost, it's your emotional wave, right? And I can relate to you from that perspective. And that's your authority. And remember, authority is how we make decisions. And so now, as you were just, you know, acknowledging how you did that with, you know, being invited to this podcast and how you allowed yourself to respond, you already felt like you were in neutrality. You already knew. 
So then you have the sacral that's constantly telling you what's for you and what's not. And then you have your beautifully defined spleen that's all about in the moment, those intuitive hits. So that's why I refer to it as the trifecta. Do you feel like now where I'm hearing more alignment in your life, you can lean on any of them as long as you feel and can acknowledge for yourself that you're in neutrality with your wave? I can rely on them, but I, I don't know fully how to verbalize this, but if I'm in a low, I just have a lot of anxiety or I'll tell myself stories that just aren't true. So I have to ride that out. Um, but especially with big decisions, like I, I still have to go through the wave, even if I get a signal from my sacral and from my spleen that like, yeah, go for it. Um, but I, I have to ride the wave to feel good about that decision and to go into it without any doubts or hesitations. God, beautiful. And that's because you've had the experiences where you didn't trust yourself with your decisions, then you were leaning on other people. So now when you're on a low or a high, do you still have um, old programming that tells you to ask someone else or have you silenced that and recognized, just like you said earlier, it's all within you? Um, actually, like I was really proud of myself. I had a big decision to make about my living situation. And this was, you, you know, like when your lease is about to end, you know, for months, like this is coming. So for months, I was like going through the roller coaster and was really feeling tempted to ask other people what they think I should do. And I don't know, I just was like, no, like, you know what to do. And I gave myself the space and I used my tools to get my clarity. And, you know, I spent months being like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And just going through it. But then like glass, you know, like I was like, this is what I need to do. And I was so proud of myself that I came to that on my own and like, didn't need to ask anyone else what I should do. And because I did it that way, I feel so good about the decision I made. <sighs> I love that. Congratulations. I know what that feeling is like. It's like, okay, I'm good. I've got it now. Yeah. And it's, you just can leave all the doubts and stressors in the past. And like, I think that's the best thing human design has given me. It's, I know that I've got myself and we're going to be okay. That's like quote right there. The best thing human design has offered me is I know that I've got myself, right? How many people out there floundering thinking, I don't have this. I don't got this. You know, I spent years <laughs> feeling like that and always looking in places outside of me. And again, like, even if you have people that you view as an expander in your life, it can be really tempting to look at how they're doing things and then trying to copy that. But if it goes against your design, like you're just going to be, you know, going against yourself and pushing yourself out of alignment further from the things that you really want. So true. Yeah. Monique, okay, I ladies, like, I got to jump in here. I really I got to. I'm like really holding space right now, but I'm like taking notes, which I never do, but it's because, so I don't forget everything I'm trying to say. Cause again, I know Amy, this is not relatable for you, but our, my right arrows will just, they'll, it'll come and go so fast and then I'll never get to it again. But first off, I want to rewind because uh, Amy said my main sun gate is the 10 and it is not my main sun gate. Gate 46 is my main gate. Damn it, I knew that. Sorry. 10 yep. is in, I just want to, you know, yeah, 
get the information right. That's all yeah. I've got, you know. Um, and gate, but 10 is in my cross of That's incarnation. Yep. And uh, what Liz and I have in common is the 5710, which is a, is a channel about intuitive uh, knowingness uh, and with regard to self, uh, which is the reference that Amy was making before. Um, and I just, I, I, I can't tell you, Liz, like so many words you're saying are just like, boom, yep, that's me, yep. And I, I think um, I'm noticing a few more things in our chart as, as y'all were talking, um, I was looking at yours and mine side by side. And Liz and I have three of the same activated gates in our spleen. Uh, the gate 57, which I mentioned just now in the channel, which is uh, the fear in the 57, the, the flip side, right, is about um, fear of the future, uncertainty surrounding the future, right? Okay. Gate 44, we have that in common too. That is the flip, the fear side on that gate is fear of repeating the past. Oh shit, I'm gonna fuck up again. Okay, relate. And gate 48, we share that one, gate of depth. We feel the things deep, we see the things deep, feel them deep. It is like deep, deep. We have deep experiences when we're having these. So those three gates, I don't know about you, but I, that, I think that's why a lot of this is so relatable for me because also I've struggled with self-trust issues. And I, I think those, um, those, those gates and that theme, there's like a, a thing there. And then on top of that, we have a one, four profile. Okay. One lines have insecurities around them anyway on on that we need to know more things so that we can feel secure and the four even though it's a harmonic profile in terms of like how our numbers go together right um there is and amy and i were just discussing this because we were talking about something else going on in my life but there's this level of insecurity that can revolve around a four line too because if we're not connected or if we're feeling disconnected from our, our people or our communities, or if we need to, um, we also, Liz, have in common in our root, the gate, uh, I think it's a gate about beginnings, right? Do you have that gate in your chart? Do you know about, yeah? So, and we don't have the endings one. So sometimes ending things can be challenging for me. Beginnings, I love beginnings. Beginnings are great. Um, but so I just feel like with all of those, as you were talking, I'm like, oh my God. And then this gate 10, that let's go back to that. It's all about like the uh, love of your authentic self and the ability to feel like you can be yourself always, right? Show up as yourself. And uh, for me, I find that when, I, when that's happening, my intuitive hits are coming in like hot. Whereas when I am masking or not, um, you know, or I feel like I have to, or feel like I can't, you know, then um, it's almost like I can't hear my intuitive clarity anymore. And I'm wondering if that's similar for you. And do, do you relate to some of those th themes and things I was just talking about? Absolutely. And the way that you just broke that all down, it <laughs> connected dots that I would never have been able to do on my own. So thank you. Yeah. Like I, I definitely have have a hard time with uncertainty. I've, I've done a lot of work around that and around surrendering, but I didn't put, make that connection. Like that, that's something like deep within my chart. Um, yeah, I, I resonate with everything that you're saying for sure. And the connections that we have. And the question was about like being able to hear those intuitive hits, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Now we're now it's you and me. I'm right arrowing, asking right arrow. It's like, we probably need Amy to jump in here and focus yeah, on no. our, our questions a little bit at some point soon. But yeah, something surrounding that I was asking. Okay. Like, I just, I, I wonder if you feel similarly about, um, 
because I feel more certain in, in the, in the places and spaces that I feel like I can be most myself. I feel like self-trust is not so much of a question in those places. And that's been a journey for me also. And I think people with gate 10 go through this journey with self-trust. And I think that's part of the gate 10 gig too, right? Is about coming full circle on that, right? Amy, am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I right. agree with that. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, it's not something I've thought about too much, but since I've been living my design and embracing my authentic self more and more, I've noticed like the people that I don't feel comfortable with or like the environments that I don't feel comfortable with, like those are just fading away more and more and more. So I think I'm naturally way more in alignment. So it's a lot easier to trust myself. And I think that the people that are coming into my life or staying in my life these days, they trust me as well. Um, and yeah, with the four, the community is so important. It's so important. Do you feel like speaking specifically about your profile with the one and the four, um, do you feel like you can allow yourself to lean more into your signature, which is satisfaction and become more aware of your not self, which is frustration in those areas, like your community or making sure that you feel like you know enough about something. So it feels very safe and secure for you. Are those areas where you can feel your signature and your not self more? I I think so. I mean, I feel like with the one, I've just always had that tendency, like I need to know everything before I can feel comfortable to make a decision. Um, and with the four, if I am not feeling connected with the communities in my life, and like usually when that shows up, it's like when you have a big growth spur and you're expanding, the people that are in your life, like you love them still. It doesn't mean that they're bad or, or like, or that they're right or you know, it, that you're right and they're wrong. It doesn't mean that, but it's as you grow, like your needs just change and evolve and people in your network, like can't always meet you where you are now. And those like in between phases where it's like, I've grown, but I still haven't met the people who can meet me where I'm at now. That's where I feel super in my not self theme and being able to recognize that that's when I'm like, okay, even if it's just like an online community or a Facebook group or, or just anything, um, I know that I'll feel a lot better when I can find people that can connect with me where I'm at currently, like within my vibration and my energetic field. So this is a great question then for those listeners who can relate to that, because I can relate to that especially when you were sharing before I even asked that question about how you were navigating in and out of, you know, relationships with others and just in that existence, can you see now maybe from the past before you knew about design and did your own, you know, work that you were doing anyway, that you stayed in something too long, potentially, you know, cause that's certainly the energy that we're not meant to have with a defined spleen holding on to something longer than it has served us. So I'm just curious if for the safety aspect and then not knowing in the comfort of wanting to be in my four, even though you're recognizing they're no longer your community, do you feel like you stayed in that? You overstayed your time? I've either overstayed or I've completely like isolated and cut okay. myself off, which is a four that's like one of the worst things you can do. And I 
really work to reframe that because it's really easy. I think it's like the easy way out to be like, no one understands me. I'm on this like spiritual journey and like no one else is ready to go there. And, and then in a way you're like needing the people in your life to do what you're doing just to make you feel better, which like, that's not them honoring their truth either. And it doesn't mean that you can't still have that relationship or that friendship. It's just, you have to recognize like what you're needing from it. You're not going to get that from there. So you have to go find other communities to get that void that you're feeling to be filled. Um, and, you know, just, I, I think it can be really easy to like want to cut people off or to just write them off and be like, oh, they don't get where I'm at now. But I think if you can sort of identify which relationships are worth sticking with, um, you know, once you guys can work through that new thing that's happening where it's like, you're not really meeting where you used to, sometimes like that encourages that person to, to grow, or there's just still a reason that they're in your life. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's something I'm working on a lot right now, personally, is just not isolating myself and going into the like, woe is me, no one understands me. Um, people really can surprise you, even if it's not exact, and that same the expectations, it goes back to that. So much, yeah. literally, that's what was going through my head yeah. because I will isolate when I, I know that now when I'm in a wave, it's like, you won't hear from me. People won't see me there. You know, it's like, I'm just very silent. So I wondered if there was some of that, but I freaking love that. Thank you for sharing that perspective because, um, I think that will be important for people to hear. And I learned something very early on in my growth, um, from a coach. And then again, in my coaching education, which was, um, when I'm growing and up-leveling and changing, um, I get to give permission to everyone else around me to stay exactly where they are because me thinking they have to go through the growth that I'm going through. Let me tell you, for someone with an abstract wave, that's going to be brutal to have that kind of expectation, but it's my choice to go through that growth. And I get to relieve, even if it's just energetically, I never have a conversation about it, but not having that expectation that people will grow with me. There may be the ripple effect, but if that happens, then it's just a bonus. But my work is my work. And if that leads me to, you know, desiring to move to new communities, which I've done a lot of what I refer to as shedding in my life, and it wasn't always easy. And you've heard me say this before, I was always worried about what the other people were going to think how it was going to impact them. I was slowing down my growth. I was impeding what I was meant to be doing for me and for me to show up unapologetically and authentically in my design. I am not meant to worry about others. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think like, that's just so much of our conditioning to worry about other people. But I think when you do that, like you take away their power in a sense and it's, it's not helpful to you either. And I feel like I would, I used to just like need so much from other people. And if I couldn't get it, then that would affect how I felt about myself and about my life. And I really had to be brutally honest with myself and say like, it's not their job. It's not their job to make me feel better about my life or about myself. Like it's my job. And of course, it's really scary to take that type of personal responsibility, but like when you do, life gets so much better and oftentimes the relationships in your life like get deeper and they get better because you're 
you don't need anything from them. Like you're just enjoying your time with them when you spend it with them. Oh my God, Liz. God shit, Liz. That was good. Oh my God. My daughter, yeah. I'm going to have to cut a sound bite out of that and submit my daughter's mm. emotional generator. And you just like, I don't know. You're just speaking to me in so many ways. You're like, even though I have three left arrows, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I felt that too. I got some, um, the way, the way that you're wording it really made, just made a lot of sense. Um, it's, it's so true about how when we're, I just, I can relate again because I just used to spend a lot of hours worrying about how things were going to affect other people. And, and I relate with the decision-making, how you have to always felt like you needed other people a lot and stuff like that. I really, really, that resonates for me and I get it. And the feeling, um, although our like not self is different, right. Yours is frustrations, mine's bitterness, but there's definitely some overlap there, but I, I get, I get like that feeling that I used to get to. And I, and it's, it's, it's a really brave and hard move to look at yourself and, um, acknowledge that in, in yourself. And so I'm proud of you and me and everybody that's doing that because that's, that's not, um, that's not a hard, I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. It's very hard and it takes a lot of self-courage, I think, to really look yourself in the face and say like, I'm not, I mean, I've been relying on others for a lot of my stuff for a long time and I'm not going to do that anymore. And then this like empowerment comes over and I'm emotional about it because I can just really relate to, to what you're saying. I could just I feel like I've been, I feel like we've probably been in a lot of the same um, spaces or felt similar ways. Um, and I'm just really proud of you because I know what that work feels like sometimes. Oh, it's not for the faint of heart, but for sure. <laughs> it's so nice to meet other people who are going on that journey too. And I know like when I started it, I felt really lonely and it took a minute before I found the people who wanted to do this type of work too. Um, but like for anyone who has that like lonely feeling right now, just stick it out and follow your strategy and authority because it really will lead you to the people who understand like what you're going through and they'll be there to hold you in the times where you're doubting yourself and having a hard time trusting yourself. Liz, yeah. I just love you, man. I love you so much <laughs> for coming here and just speaking so openly and honestly and vulnerably and our listeners, this is just a gift. And that lonely feeling, uh, cause I, again, resonate with that is, is where you find that self empowerment and that self-trust. I feel like a lot of the time, right. I, I feel like that's where I found my um, footing sometimes when I was in those like places where I was like, I felt really cut off or alone from um, connections and places where I, I had previously not felt that way, you know? And, um, and it's again, this, like this, I, I just think that there's like um, that flip side, that level of uncertainty and that fear of the future and the past and all of that. It's, it's really deeply layered in our instinctual awareness center in our spleen, you know? So it's like, um, yeah, I just feel like you get the, by going through those lonely spots is, is often where we get that feeling of um, self-empowerment too. And, yeah. and, you know, you don't know that going in obviously, or when you're feeling it, but for sure, looking back, I think I can say that. Yeah. Those times really made me and if I had tried to like do a shortcut and avoid that, I just wouldn't be as strong and like 
self-sufficient as I am now. Um, so like, I don't want to go through it again, but I am thankful for that like dark time for sure. God, so good. Amy, did you, should, are there specific questions that we want to get back to? Because I feel like our right, Liz and mine's right arrows took over here and we're going in, which is great. I mean, I love the combo we're having. Don't get me wrong. But if there's important points we, we missed, I do want, I do ask maybe that you bring us back to any of those. Um, yeah. And there's two of them, but I also want to say, I fully believe, and I know Monique and I share this, that it goes where it's meant to. Mm-hmm. And while I may have sketched out a few things that I really felt called to have our listeners be able to hear lived experiences through an emotional generator, you, you can't script the, you know, amazingness that has already come out today. So mm-hmm. Amen. I'm going to end up balling if I don't just carry on here. So um, I do want to know just because again, another programming conditioning for generators, often we hear is um, your condition to say yes, right? Just you're the yes people, you know? And so oftentimes I know for um, clients that I work with that are generators, I really, really invite them to create and instill some, you know, boundaries. And so has that, do you feel like the past Liz definitely was a yes person or you know you can can you describe some of that and if not hallelujah you weren't conditioned for that which is beautiful but if you were then how did you start creating some boundaries for yourself or is that the path you chose to take to you know desensitize yourself to that conditioning yeah so I've definitely always been someone like if I don't want to do something like I'm I'm not going to do it Um, but where I think generators can get into a lot of trouble and where we really dig ourselves in a hole is like with the things that you feel nothing or neutral towards, um, those can really sneak up on you and clog your energy. And uh, like, it's beautiful having this sacral and to have constant energy to do things and to be able to push through, even if you're tired and to not have like terrible effects from that, but there's, it's so easy to just get on autopilot and to do things and be like, yeah, I could, okay, I'll do it. But it compounds over time. And then you're just going to have a really severe burnout. Like I I've been through severe burnout. And I think why it got so bad was because as a generator, I was able to just push through and and keep doing things that I really wasn't lit up by. Yeah. Mm, That's interesting. So that place of neutrality is where you can get lost almost more than like that saying yes or too much, or, I mean, I guess you end up over, you end up saying yes too much, maybe because you are like neutral. You're like, okay, yeah, I guess I could, or whatever, like you said, right. That's interesting. I could do it. So I'll give you an example. Um, So I was in Italy like a couple weeks ago and I was going to just work like I could have done my work and still gone in sightseed and done everything that I was supposed to do and like it would have been fine but I took that extra pause as I'm like opening my laptop and was just like wait like do I even want to do this right now and and then giving myself the space to be like actually no this isn't what I want to do now and then I asked myself like is it going to be fine if I don't do this now and of course it was fine Mm. Um, but I feel like 
a lot of my life, I was just on autopilot, like going from thing to thing, like, yes, I can do it. Um, sure, I'll do that. Like, yes, I can go there. Yes, I'll go to your birthday party. And then over time, I just found myself like really exhausted. So learning about the sacral and learning to just trust, like only do what lights you up. It can be scary to have that space, but that's how you're going to get the really good things to come to you so that you can say yes to them. God, I love Mm. that so much. Just that little bomb of wisdom that you shared Mm -hmm. initially, which was, you know, using your energy for something that you're like, kind of don't even, you're feeling indifferent to, but it, it truly is. And I want you sacrals out there to hear this. It is a waste of that power, right? And you're giving examples of that. And when you give yourself, just give yourself a beat to ask, God, do I even Mm -hmm. want to be doing this? You know, I like how you said it clogs you up too, because I like that wording because it makes you think of like, you know, like a, this is going to be gross, but like, I just thought of a drain, like, you know, with hair, like gross, like hair, like I'm so disgusting. What an, what an example, but that's what my inner vision saw when you said clogs you up. And it's, it's, you know what, it's a good example because it's gross. You're clogging up your beautiful, juicy, sacral energy with like, shit that's like and like you like even like you said of course it was fine if you didn't do the thing just because you took a beat to say like do I even want to do this no okay I don't have to then but like instead of autopiloting it and I mean that's something we are all I think very guilty of autopilot through life in our whatever you know what I'm trying to say autopiloting our way through life is what I was trying to say but Um, I think that, yeah, that can be so tricky for a generator, especially because the capacity to do is so there, it's so prevalent, you know, whereas like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, um, and, but then that means that the break, the burnout must be just as heavy when it does show up eventually after yesing a bunch of things that like you didn't want to do over and over and over, or, you know. But, and just because you didn't take a pause to even ask yourself, that's so curious as, you know, you would just keep going. Amazing. That's yeah. When you have a, the sacral, like you can just go and do stuff. Like I really can do a lot of things. And I think a lot of conditioning that I've had is I feel guilty if I don't give something a hundred percent and I've had to learn. And this could sound like conceited like this isn't how I mean it I just think it's more about like respecting and valuing yourself but I finally realized like look my 60% oftentimes is just as strong if not stronger than someone's 100% like it's okay if I give 60% and save 40% for the things that I really care about and that I really want to do and I feel like having that realization like really set me free and like I have to catch myself all the time because I don't even know where that conditioning comes from but like I feel really guilty when I'm not giving a hundred percent but it's okay like it's okay it's fine like it's it's fine not to it's beautiful how you said that though because what you're doing is budgeting your energy and I love thinking about energy like that nowadays because it's something that I think about too. I, we don't we don't think of it as like something that we can budget like money or something but you can you absolutely can budget your energy um, if you choose to bring awareness to it and like you said and um, you know you have that that gate of power right in your sacral too the 34. So I'm sure, and, and, and Liz's root is like lit up. She only has two 
gates that are not activated in her room. That means that this bitch can get shit done, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you, you know, which only adds probably to your ability to just keep going and going if you don't pause, right? With the, between having that gate of power and then that super defined route. I mean, yeah, like you could do anything. So yeah, your 60% is probably just fine. Like for the, you know, is meeting that like expectation or whatever for, for the thing. And you still have 40 for yourself. I think that's really brilliant and beautiful. Yeah. When I looked at your route and I saw how lit up it was, I was like, you, this is hopefully pressure that is working for you and not against you because it's so well-defined, right? It's mm. pressure to do things from a really high vibe place. I'm just curious. Cause even when you just said that you see the conditioning, you're not sure where it comes from to give hundred percent. Of course, I have a completely open heart center. You have the one beautiful, powerful gate activated the gate of shock, which I love. Um, do you feel like you have something to prove sometimes? Can you connect that desire to give hundred percent to everything, even though you recognize, and I love that you said it, Liz, because in my corporate life, my 60% and this, you know, again, it, I'm not coming from a place of arrogance, kicked anybody's ass that was even trying to give hundred <laughs> percent, you know? And so I love that you have connected those dots with yourself and you're saying 60% is good because then that means the 40%. But do you feel like that urge comes from anything like we still have something to prove? I feel like that is slowly going away and deconditioning away. Um, But when I worked in an office and I'm an attorney, so the people that I'm with and working with are typically like really type A, um, really structured, really regimented. And I'm quad right and I have an open heart. So like I can get everything done, but I've had bosses that because I was showing up late or because I was leaving early um, or just like some days not as consistent as others, like they would give me a hard time about it. And I think because like there was a me comparison comparing myself to other people and being like well they can get here at 7 a.m every day like what the fuck's wrong with me um and I I feel like I just wasted so much time like trying to mold myself to match someone else and then once I learned a that I have like the defined route like I will get it done I used to be really hard on myself for procrastinating and would just like the time I was resting would be wasted with me beating myself up. Like, why aren't you doing this? Like, get up and do this. You need to do this. And learning I have this defined route, like I will get it done. And that was just like the biggest weight ever that could have been taken off of me because now I'm like, I can trust myself. I don't have to do it like everyone else. And like, I will get it done and it will be fine. And I'm not going to get fired. I'm not going to mess anything up. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answered the question. But. It did. It, and it answered it even, you know, you're just like dropping nuggets of wisdom left and right, Liz. And so I'm just so grateful for your ability to share so openly and honestly, because you definitely have enough within you to get it done. And when you, you know, consciously stopped yourself from comparing with others, because you're exactly who you're meant to be, because everybody else has already taken, you're just like, I'm going to get it done. I know this about myself. And while you said in the beginning, how validating this was, we now have, you know, a blueprint in front of us to show us all the strengths that are within us anyway. And so now we just get to lean into them and 
I love how you're just sharing all the ways that you're doing that in your lived experiences. It's just so freaking amazing. And I love that you touched on your quad, right? Because, um, you know, that was one of the things that I saw right away too, you know, and hearing the, you know, industry that you're in, which is likely very type A, which is what I also came out of in my corporate life. Although I'm left-facing dominant, I have three left-facing arrows. It still comes back to just something you've said over and over again, trusting yourself. And you have all of that within your design. And so you're letting yourself lean into that, which I love. I love it too. I love it too. And I love that you brought up your quad right also. Um, I'm a little bit fascinated with quad rightness and quad leftness. I just think it's very interesting. Um, and I, I, when you were talking, I thought of some, like, so you went to law school and you're a lawyer, right? That's your profession um, currently, right? So did, I'm wondering, I, I don't know. It's a lot of information in law school, right? I know I have a good friend that also went to law school and um, the, the bar and all this. Like, did I, I'm just curious if, you could share maybe how your intake of information when you, with your rightness um, maybe shows up for you in your work, like unexpectedly sometimes, like, do you find like people will ask you something and you'll be like, start answering. And you're like, I had no idea that all of that was in there from like, I don't know, law school years ago. And like, it's still like, do you find that your brain works like that? Like your mind kind of t- is, super receptive and taking in like I'm starting to like play with that a little bit myself because of I have my two top right arrows I mean two top arrows are right so mind and brain but I mean I'm just curious does that does that make sense what I'm trying to ask you or not really yeah with the quad right I feel like I'm just not consistent and it feels a lot more natural to be like more passive and more receptive with my energy I feel like whenever I'm trying to be like a boss bitch and like hustle and like make things happen, like it's really, it just feels really hard and it feels really unnatural and like, it doesn't feel good. It's a lot easier when things come to me and then I can like choose to get on board or to not get on board. Um, I think like the one line really saved me in law school because, you know, studying wasn't a problem. Like I've always been a good test taker, like studying really isn't something that's an issue for me. It's just my way of doing it never looks like anyone else. Like I will study like in bursts, I'll get a burst of energy and like get a lot done. And then for the rest of the six hours, like I'm not really into it. Um, Mm. And again, like people used to judge me in school because like I, I did well and people would spend a lot more time studying or they would you know, do all the note cards and take the extra classes. And like, I didn't do any of that. And oftentimes like I'd end up doing better. So, you know, people didn't always like that. And I think enough of people sort of judging me, like over time that made me feel like, okay, I need to do things in a more linear way that makes people not judge me so harshly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About yeah. making other people feel more comfortable, right? Around our gifts yeah. or something silly like that. Well, we're not doing that anymore though, right? I love uh, I love that answer. Thanks for answering my convoluted question <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so um 
Uh, probably the final question that I have so that, you know, we can wrap this up just in, and you've offered so many beautiful nuggets of wisdom again, Liz, and I'm just so grateful that you said mm -hmm. yes to this and the way that you've shared and the way that this has all unfolded. We love for our listeners to have just any kind of tips on whether they're an emotional generator or they have someone in their life that is that you could share, you know, helping them to honor their strategy and authority that outside of all the beautifulness that you've already shared, is there anything that just you feel really called to invite others? We would be grateful to hear. Yeah, I, I can think of a couple things off the top of my head. So the first, like with the emotional wave is just accept it and lean into it. And I know that's so much easier said than done. And especially if you've been in a place where you're scared of your emotions or you've turned them off, um, you know, the first couple months of working with this, it might be really overwhelming. You might have, it's like sort of like thawing out in a way, like you'll just feel it. And it like, honestly can feel like your skin's burning. Like it's so uncomfortable, but just like you know, deep breaths, use your tools, like really just pamper and take care of yourself and get used to that feeling. Cause like, it will get a lot easier and then you'll learn to love your wave and it won't really like throw you off anymore. Um, cause you'll learn how to work with it. If you can just sit with it. Um, you know, mine's connected to my roots. So the best way for me to move through the really low lows is to do something. So like, I really like journaling, go be in nature, cook something, whatever it is that you like to do, take a workout class. Um, but like just playing with it and getting into that flow. Like I untapped so much creativity that I had no idea had been laying dormant for so long. And it's definitely been like such an epic journey and like, it's scary, but go for it. Um, and then the second like advice I would give for an emotional generator is just like buy yourself time. Um, yeah. And it, it's uncomfortable when people are used to you always being like the yes man and always saying yes. And like, there will be a recalibration in your life and in your relationships for people to get used to you needing more time or saying no, if that's really what your truth says. Um, but yeah, buying yourself time, like will help make that more comfortable. God, those are so good. Just the way that you speak to them, the thawing out and the mm -hmm. learning, like I can so relate with this. Oh, I can so, relate. I love how you said that too. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I, I love when, um, people can give me a way to relate to these emotional wave experiences since I don't get to have them mechanically, naturally on my own. And I'm also, this is another big part of my fascination is the emotional waves, the emotional authority in this whole, you know, this is um, like, we, like we've said before, there's a reason why there's 50 plus percent of y'all emotional authorities out there, because this is the way we're going. You know, we're go moving towards um, a societal plane where we're more in touch with this type of awareness, with getting comfortable with emotions and feelings and what kind of intuitive um, information they can bring to us. Like you said, you untap this creative energy that you didn't even know was there. That's like big stuff, guys. That's big lying fucking dormant. stuff. Yeah, just, just hanging out inside you, creative fucking shit that like you didn't even know was there. That is like, to me, like, 
I don't know. You won. That's good. You're done. <laughs> like that's amazing. I want to been able this, like five times before we even release it, just because I feel like. Mm. I mean, it just blows me away when I'm speechless. And then when, (laughs) you know, you look at Monique and I both and we're kind of just like, (laughs) this has been like so amazing and fun. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, And I, I really just, I've been through like hell and back. So I would like that to mean something. So this helps one person, like that's enough for me, you know? Isn't it so true, especially Mm -hmm. as we recognize that our emotional waves are meant, we're meant to experience those. And then, you know, likely could be the ways that we help others. And it's like, I love how you just said that I've been through hell and back. And if I'd like it to mean something, Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) I'm going to just spend some time. I'm going to like put this in some type of transcriber because I don't have the patience to write it all down myself. (laughs) And just have all your beautiful words like transcribed for me in print so that we can create some really fucking amazing one-liners from Liz Mitchell. So do you write Liz? Are you a writer? Do you write? Yeah. And that's something that I'm like slowly getting more comfortable with sharing. Like I have gate 12, but it's red. Um, But yeah, I love to write. There's probably people in my life that like have no idea, but I like can fill journals like I have that too. My job, yeah. yeah. I have but like I piles of journals from like years and years and years of stuff. I got that feeling as in your word choices, mm-hmm. um, because of your imagery when you when you speak and your in your word. I think that's really beautiful. I love, like I said, and I just I got to tell you both of you um, as a non emotional. When you share these things about your emotional stuff, it is really fucking powerful for the other I gotta tell you as the other it is it's like I feel it I feel it when you're talking it's like a frequency of um it's a it's an exchange like I can feel it when you get really uh honest and vulnerable and open about uh the emotional the emotionality of your experience it's so beautiful to witness and to receive on this and i just want you both to know that because it's really really been a super felt in this in this time together i mean i feel it from amy whenever we do this but i got to feel it from two of you at today and it was it, it's felt i can feel it and it's beautiful and i love you both for being brave enough to 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 you know step into your selves in this way it's gorgeous thank you yeah thank you for saying that because it it's you'll agree Amy like it's something your feelings like you can be ashamed of them for so long or just want to avoid them um but yeah I think that's probably been one of the best journeys I've been on it's it's getting in touch with my big ass abstract way (laughs) (laughs) and I love how you said and that you love it now Dana said the same thing because she's got that same Mm -hmm. wave you know Mm -hmm. Like, no, I love my emotional wave. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I love that too. So we are going to um, share your Instagram, right, Liz, in the yeah. show notes? That's okay. So you guys, if you're, um, if what she shared has resonated, which I know it's going to, and like I said, I'm going to have to sit and stare into space for a while and think about everything and re-listen, but um, we'll share your, uh, how to contact you through the, in your Instagram and the show notes. We're just so grateful to have you here today, Liz. I mean, it's pretty rare for me to be like, in just like 
well, definitely in awe, but also just somewhat speechless. So thank you for giving me that today. feels like a really powerful gift. Oh, thank you guys. This has been so amazing. And I'm just so proud of you. And I love that you are together and doing this together. So thanks for letting me share in it with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, truly. It really was a gift um, speaking to you today. It was really, really special. So thank you. All right, listeners, this is probably one you're going to have to take in a couple different times. And if you have an emotional generator in your life, even if it's not you, you're missing out if you don't share this with them for sure. So, mm-hmm. all right. Until, okay, next until time. the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it inspiring and digestible. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us if you'd take a moment to follow us so you'll be notified when new episodes are released. And if you're feeling really generous, please share and review our podcast as long as it's a five-star review. Otherwise, never mind. Maybe just keep that to yourself. And lastly, if you're new to human design or just curious to learn more about your own, Amy and I both have offerings for that. We also have an extensive human design community that we belong to. So if we don't feel like the right fit, we can certainly guide you to someone who is.